Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome. Welcome. To the Haunted Estate. Hello and welcome back to The Haunted Estate with Selena and Joel and we're here because we like weird stuff and we like spooky stuff and we like strange stuff and I think that maybe maybe you're here for the same reason because that's what The Haunted Estate is. The Haunted Estate, just because it says haunted, doesn't mean literal spirits and spooks and things that go bump in the night, but it means being haunted by things in life and that's why here on The Haunted Estate we talk about the difficult stuff. We want to hear your difficult stuff. We talk about spooky stuff too, but hey, we come full circle here. We talk about all the things. Hmm. Yeah. So, Joel, actually, wait, we have something we have to update everybody on. Oh, the house. Yes, we were listening because I was like, oh, did we have the update in the last episode? I don't remember. We were listening to it in the car and we did not have the update. So, as we all know, last time there was a house dying for, it had sat on the market for 153 days. As soon as it was listed, I went and I saw it, but the banks would not allow the mortgage because I had to have two business years for my business. So, guys, I waited and I waited and finally we had our date and then we found out someone had put an offer, but hope was not lost. Hope was not lost. These people were from out of country and there was a chance that they weren't going to get this mortgage. So did I cross my fingers, my toes, grow two vaginas and cross them too? I did, right? And you know what was really weird? On October 20, on December 29th, I wrote my book. I said, July 12th, I'm going to know what's going on. We're going to get the house. Something's going to happen on that day. Well, guys, December, January 12th rolls by. January 12th rolls by. And some busybody from town who I don't know who had seen the TikToks of talking about it and, and figured out you knew what house it was, right? So he goes, house is sold, they're moving in on the 13th. So I go to my real estate agent. I'm like, oh my God, please tell me it's not true. The other real estate agent did not write her to let her know that they had closed. So guys, I lost the house. I personally thought before all this went down, I would lose my absolute god dang mind if I lost this house. I thought I was going to crash and burn, but I did okay been really hard to kind of come to terms with the fact that the house is not going to be mine i'm not going to live in a spooky mansion and we're not going to run the podcast out of like the fifth floor creepy ass attic but that's okay you might it's live okay. in you might live in a haunted mansion yet yeah just not that haunted mansion. i'm just currently feeling a little dead inside very dead inside mm. i want to go away this weekend somewhere maybe by myself somewhere else i don't know but here's the thing more houses are out there i've been looking this house was in town with no property real goals i do want to live in the country does this bitch want to go 
I do kind of want a goat. Go where? A goat. Oh, a goat. I thought you said, <laughs> I thought you said does this bitch want to go? I, I do was like, oh, go. Jesus. Do you want to go, go to Florida? Go where? And enjoy freedom once again. It'd be nice. Anyways, today's podcast. Do you want to go to Florida? Selena usually picks Joel, the topics. Do you want to go to Universal Studios? But today I picked the topics. And uh, Selena and I quite often talk about things in America, but for everyone who doesn't know, we're Canadian. I chose all topics that are from Canada. Cool. Would you like to go to Florida? So our first topic. Joel, <laughs> would you like to go to Florida? I've never been to Florida. You know what's crazy? is like you grew up going to places like Disney, uh, sorry, Candace Wonderland around here, which is just roller coasters. But anyone who's listening, which I'm sure like 50% of you have been to Florida, Orlando, Disney World, nothing compares. Nothing compares? No. <laughs> Did, didn't you already go there? Um, I got, I went there when I got engaged. When you got engaged? I got there for my, went there for my honeymoon. For your honeymoon? And I'm going this weekend with Joel. And she thinks we're going this weekend. <laughs> we're not going to Florida. <laughs> it's too complicated. I don't want to get COVID, to be honest. In the rules with borders and COVIDs and restrictions. And well, no, the way it is there, quarantine. as long I'm pretty sure if we come back, we don't have to quarantine. But I just don't want to be responsible for getting other people sick. So yeah, I'm thinking honestly, I'm gonna like go to like one of those pretty towns around here. Like everything's closed. Like you can't even get food. Bracebridge. Like guys, we're so closed that like you can't go into the restaurants. You can't um like go to a coffee shop the movies aren't open like there's actually nothing to do so i was just trying to think like where's like a pretty hotel room and on like a beach or something and i can just like look at the frozen lake and which which number lockdown are we on right now oh my god six seven nine ten we're on lockdown seven where you can't go in and our glorious leaders think this is still a good idea that is not what this podcast is about. no that's true but it's just i think at this point all it really is is that we're all frustrated and there's so many people saying different things but nope. at the end of the day, we do what we're supposed to. Joel and I don't fucking go anywhere. Where do we go for fun? Winners. We go to winners. Okay. We buy throw pillows. And that used to bring us joy. <laughs> when we go to, we go get coffee and we drive down Main Street. Yeah. We drive down downtown. Our Main Street's like two kilometers. Here, the way that I feel about it is like, I'm doing what I'm told. I don't have a fucking opinion about it. I get it's horrible. I don't want people to fucking die. I don't want this to keep... All I want is to not keep getting worse. I got all my needle pokes. I just want to go to the movies and eat nachos. Did you see (laughs) Pfizer's though? It was like yesterday. came out with a pill to take when you have it. A pill to take? Like when you have COVID. It's been approved by whatever, Canada, FDA, whatever. When you're sick with COVID, you take a pill. But if you have the vaccine... I can't. I can't go down this hole. Yeah, that's... that's, You know what this makes me feel? It makes me feel... <laughs> on the topic of haunted let's talk about some of the most haunted places in canada all right buddy i'll see start. that that brings me home that grounds me that takes mm. me to a happy place let's talk about the, <laughs> the fairmont banff springs hotel in alberta fairmont's obviously a chain of hotels that are really fancy and nice Wait, and do we have any of those here uh there's one in quebec city and there's one in banff springs hotel alberta hey, hey, i got hey. a nice little picture here on our print out uh so the hotel was opened in 1888 and is known for its awesome views of the mountains of banff national park it's also a good place to look for ghosts some of the visitors and staff say they've seen a ghostly bride walking up and down the hotel's marble staircase a couple of rooms are supposed to have spirits and they cause noise and otherwise make it hard for people to go to sleep so the first little in-depth thing from this hotel is let's talk about the bride i'm trying to get married it's close to home 
Probably the most famous of all the specters residing in the Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel. She's even featured on a stamp. What? Yeah. The story of the ghost bride dates back to the late 1920s. And the story goes that on a young couple's wedding day, the bride, decked out in her wedding gown, descended one of the hotel's marble staircases. Something startled her, causing her to slip and fall. And some say she caught her heel on the hem of her dress. And others say she dressed up against a candle's flame. Whatever the cause, the end result, the bride had died on those very marble steps since then hotel staff and guests alike have reported seeing a veiled veiled figure moving up and down the stairs or seeing a figure in a wedding dress dancing in the ballroom upstairs pinning for her first dance with her husband pining for her first dance with her husband that she never had the second scary creature of this hotel is sam the bellman stories of sam macaulay an old Scotsman who'd he- who'd head bellman during the sixty the head bellman, right? Head bellman, head bellman, during the sixties and seventies has been circulating around the hotel since his passing in nineteen seventy five. Supposedly, Sam is a sort of helpful spirit, and most stories involving him mention the same service he's provided to staff or guests. One incident involved two elderly women calling the bell desk for assistance, and after they found their key would not work. The regular bellman was occupied with other duties and wasn't able to respond for 15 minutes. Duties. Duties. By the time he arrived at the door, it was unlocked. One of the women said an elder bellman in a plaid jacket, matching Sam's description exactly, had helped them. Other stories include guests seeing Sam hunting haunting his old office now a guest room on the mezzanine floor as well as seeing other apparitions and feeling cold spots on the sixth seventh and ninth floors of the hotel damn and do you see that photo that's scary man boy that looks like a spirit <laughs> that's like a shadow ass man s- running down can there. can you see a plaid jacket in there that's spooky mm. angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I think Canada is really cool. I, I find it always hard because people are like, oh, there's so much cool haunted history in Canada. And I'm always like, wait, wait, wait. I don't know what we're talking about, I feel. But like we've grown up with so many of these stories. So Joel printed these off. I don't know where it's from. We're going to like read it. But like I see this. It looks familiar. I think I've been here. And it's I think I went in high school with Vashti Cousins and I farted at the top. Um, <laughs> sorry, ghost. Didn't mean to fart up in your shut. But um, I don't know if this is the one, but it really does look like this. But I love lighthouses. I think they're so interesting. I don't know if I was a part of one. There's one in town. We actually have a lighthouse, which really makes no sense. In town, it was built, and a whole bunch of was it monks? We don't live near water, by the way. No, we don't live. Yeah, near it water. was built by a bunch of monks. Yeah, and they in, all live. So they they made a plan that they were going to go up in this lighthouse and they were going to live at the very top of this lighthouse and never ever come out. I thought they came out once a year. 
Well, anyways, it's abandoned now. Yeah. It didn't last, but it was full of monks, and they never came down. They and wore then like they were gone. The, the orange robes and the wood shoes. Well, it was weird because, like, from the pictures, because like it went up for sale, right? Mm. It didn't like look like there was like living quarters, but I guess there must be. Mm. But I was like interested because I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, Adam, let's live in a freaking lighthouse. Uh, it's a residential neighborhood. With it's a, a it's right in the middle of the suburbs. <laughs> it's really weird. It makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. But then the property sold for like three million dollars or something, and they're just gonna knock it all down and build an apartment building. I'm sure. Probably. Just how it goes here but yes let's read about a haunted lighthouse anyone who grew up in toronto remembers the lighthouse ghost story it is it this has to be it it was it was a highlight of student field trips to the island school and it would give you shivers even on the warmest summer day and now the island park is open again for the summer a new generation of toronto kids can learn the spooky story and the rest of its not so spooky history Behind the Gibraltar Point Lighthouse, behind the Gibraltar Point Lighthouse, the lighthouse is the oldest one left on the Great Lakes and the second oldest in Canada. It was built in 1808 and guided ships to Toronto's harbor from what was a sandy peninsula until it was decommissioned in 1958. And any building as old as that, of course, has secrets. The lighthouse was there during the Battle of York in 1813 when American ships invaded the town of York, which accumulated with the burning of the Parliament buildings. The British retaliated later in the War of 1812 and burned the White House down. Jesus. <laughs> during the war, the first lighthouse keeper, J.P. Rademuller, sometimes spelled Raiden Muller, Rademuller, or Rademuller, a German immigrant to Upper Canada, kept watch at Gibraltar's Point for enemy ships and friendly vessels returning safe to the harbor. But he didn't live to see the end of the war. Rademuller disappeared under mysterious circumstances on January 2nd, 1815. The story goes that he was murdered by two soldiers who had been enjoying this home, enjoying home-brewed beer. Versions of the story differ slightly. One, told in the mid-2000s, was that he was killed after soldiers brought the beer, but it froze in the cold, and they assumed that the alcohol content was so low that the lighthouse keeper was trying to rip them off. But most agreed that Rademuller was killed that night and dismembered by his killers, who buried his body in a few graves near the White House. His ghost is said to still haunt the site. The story was recorded by John Ross Robertson in 1908 in Landmarks of Toronto, and it's become the staple of a spooky local lore ever since. Even in its telling, Robertson raises skepticism that the murder never ever occurred. But he writes that he heard the story from a current lighthouse keeper, George Derman, who apparently went looking for the body and had dug up a coffin with a jawbone. The plague and the lighthouse mention the ghost story and the jawbone, although it was somewhat a controversial decision. The lighthouse has non-ghostly history as well, as it sits on Gibraltar Point. Although silt built up means that the tower is now slightly inland from the shore, although flooding and the islands changed the coastline yet again, it was named Gibraltar. Gibraltar? Am I saying that right? Gibraltar? Yeah. After the famous British-owned point edge of the Mediterranean by John Graves Simcoe, Ontario's first lieutenant governor and the founder of the town of York, who also chose it as one of the sites as the new lighthouses he was planning along the Great Lakes. The ten keepers of the lighthouse, including George Derman, his father, and James, who kept watch from 1832 to 1908, saw many changes. 
The city grew and immigrants arrived in ships. Although the lighthouse is no longer in use and usually locked, it does have a keeper. Manuel Capel, also from Germany, has been the honorary keeper since 1999, and he volunteers to keep the lighthouse tidy. And you, you think you've been to this lighthouse? So I went to, I want to say Point Hope. Is that near? It's near Toronto. Like, it's driving that way. Is that know. it? I don't, I don't think it is. I feel like the other one, yeah, I think I maybe it was something different. This photo, though, it is a creepy looking lighthouse. Like, it's, it's not overly tall. It's rather, like, slender, like, skinny looking with like, a little, live? little creepy door. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I always look at these and I'm like, where's your bedroom, bro? Where, yeah, are, you taking, where are you taking? Joel, tell the story. In Newfoundland? Yeah. Oh, man. Joel. <laughs> Slim and I went to Newfoundland, right, to visit her friend Cordelia for her birthday. Hilarious. Oh my gosh, I never say her full name. Say it again. Cordelia. Cordelia. Lord Cord on TikTok. Yeah, she's cool. Check her out. And uh, anyways, we went to, I think it's called Cape Cod? No. The most Cape eastern- Spear. Cape Spear. Cape Spear. The most easterly point of Canada. Oh my God, it was sick. And uh, it's a provincial park, also a historic <laughs> site. And there's an enormous lighthouse way up this hill. And because this provincial park is really nice, there's like a wood walk And up they thing. were closing. And they're closing. So there's only like 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> like it was like 15 minutes to five or whatever. And uh, like you had to finish by five. So I'm like, quick, Selena, let's buy some tickets and sprint up this 10 kilometer mountain to this lighthouse. <laughs> and poor both of us. But Selena was really, was really out of breath. And <laughs> And I just kept stopping, and I'm like, "Wow, this what is so embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> this is so fucking embarrassing." Because I was like, I had never felt like so fucking overweight in my life. It was a big, um, it was a big walk though. And then when you got to the very top, you got to go in to the lighthouse, <laughs> and you could go up the steps or whatever. But you didn't get to go in the top. Like, you could just look at the steps. <laughs> like, Selena, like, I fucking walked all the way up here. I don't even get to, to go to the top. To dude's fucking bedroom. Are you serious? Oh, man, it was funny. Oh, my God. It was funny. This next one comes from a place where nothing ever happens. Wait, what? Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan! <laughs> nothing ever happens in Saskatchewan. Uh, the St. Louis Light or St. Louis Ghost Light, or the St. Louis Ghost Train, is a supposed paranormal phenomenon seen near St. Louis, Saskatchewan. It's been described by witnesses as a huge beam of white light reminiscent of a headlight on an old-fashioned train. The phenomenon has been featured on the television series Unsolved Mysteries and entails a strange light moving up and down along an old abandoned rail line at night, changing colors and varying in brightness. The line, located south of Prince Albert and north of St. Louis, has had its tracks removed but the phenomenon still occurs on a regular basis what? several stories attempt to explain the lights including that there is a ghost train or a ghost of a drunk brakeman who lost his head to a passing train and now wanders up and down the tracks with a lantern attempting to find it in 2014, Canada Post issued a stamp depicting the St. Louis ghost train one of a series of five depicting trains in Canada Two 12th grade students from La Range, northern Saskatchewan, won science fair gold medals for investigating and eventually eventually duplicating the phenomenon, which they determined to be caused by diffraction of distant vehicle lights. However, the light has been reported before the advent of cars. Whoa. Whoa. You know what? That makes me remember something. This is actually not really related, but of lights. So a while ago, I was looking at houses and this house was for sale. I forget where it was. It was like an hour from here, but it's like own a piece of history. Super, super interesting. So I ended up Googling this address and it's like one of the oldest farmhouses in Canada, but it's 
also a part of like this huge ghost story where this guy's wife went out to get help or something with the kids and they like went missing and were like literally never found and then they can see him walking up and down the road with like a lantern and he's seen all the time and he's seen all around this property but i wanted to live there (laughs) but it was a cabin like and it hadn't been like updated like it was really really spooky so now we're gonna tell you a little bit about the mackenzie river ghost augustus sorry there's no other way to say augustus but saying it like augustus also we've now we're into more canadian ghost stories okay yeah so those were like the big ones this this is jules first time orchestrating a podcast we have 22 pages i don't think we're gonna get through 22 pages (laughs) i got 22 oh my god joel on tiktok live right now on tiktok live somebody sent me sunglasses you know how they come across they just came up up here Oh. Like there's someone standing. That's like the perfect height of like. Is Augustus terrifying. here? Flicker the lights. No lights flicking. <laughs> How many people are are watching us on there? Oh, I gotta check. Top corner, bro. One point one k. Woohoo! Okay, so guys, the Mackenzie River ghosts. Augustus Richard Pierce died in 1853, and as a part of his final wishes, his body was to be transported from the Northwest Territories territories on a dog sled, a task that Roderick McFarlane volunteered to take on. During the trip, McFarlane wrote in his journal that in the night he would hear a ghostly voice compelling the dogs to keep running, even though no one was around. The dead guy? talking talking to his dogs dude this next story has me really excited i'm excited for you to read this to me the mistress of christy mansion dude i want a christy mansion do they make like cookies though the story involves <gasps> a cookie it does! Oh! though the story involves a cookie dynasty Mr. Christy, it is cookies. any it is anything but sweet after the death of william melly christie the original mr christie in 1900 his son robert inherit the company as well as the family's mansion in toronto damn mr christie's canadian yeah. we need to google what that shit looks like robert had a family but also a mistress who lived in a secret room of the house once he stopped visiting her the mistress took her own life in that very room Legend has it that if you enter the mistress's chamber at night, the door will swing shut behind you and you'll be trapped inside. Dude, that's sad. Maybe she just wants to get freaky. She's lonely. So he's just mistress that he kept locked in a room of like a giant mansion? Yeah, that's weird. That's sad. I feel sad for her. Mm. I'm gonna, dude, you better understand. I'm gonna research that. (laughs) An Amherst haunting. Just as a house can appear to be haunted, so can a person that's me i'm haunted i'm haunted esther cox wait you know aunt eunice yeah her name was eunice esther cox wow no way um if anyone's wondering my grandma's name zena cox (laughs) never lived in nova scotia though no Esther Cox moved to Amherst, Nova Scotia in 1878 at the age of 18 to live with her sister. That is when the trouble began. There were reports of banging on the walls, furniture moving around, and even fires being started. Esther herself was subjected to all manners of unexplainable physical ailments. Even when she went to stay elsewhere, the unexplainable events followed her. 
She eventually wound up in jail for robbery, after which the, the paranormal phenomenon seemed to stop. That's weird. Mm. See, there's so many like different ways to look at that, though. Like, okay, she does the stuff. She ends up in jail where she can't have access to stuff. And then it stops happening. Does she have like an addiction or something? Maybe? Somebody stops following her. Or yeah, there's like a whole other thing in play. Yeah. Right? yeah. The Grey Lady of the Citadel. What could be more haunting than a tragic love story? As the tale goes, the Grey Lady who haunts the Halifax Citadel has been engaged to a soldier who was stationed there. As she waited at the church for her groom, a soldier stationed at the fort, she was told by a carriage driver that he had taken his own life. The Grey Lady now reportedly walks the grounds of the Citadel searching for her fiancé. The smell of roses is said to follow her. That makes me sad. Mm. I hate when it's like a love story and somebody's like missing from the love story. You know what I mean? Mm. Damn. Next up, we have the North Cumberland Strait Ghost Ship. Off the shore of North Cumberland. Where's that? Northumberland. It's like near Kingston. Northumberland. Yeah. It's also in England. It's Shakespeare. We were right. just in Kingston. Shakespeare writes about Northumberland. What were we doing in Kingston? Ghost stuff. Ghost stuff. Hanging out of Fort Henry. Guys, season one of Sam and Colby, starting in February, is going to be lit. Joel. Bonkers. The experiences that we experienced those Ooh. three nights with Sam and Colby. If you were to rate that on a scale of ghosts aren't real, one, to ghosts are the most realist, my life has changed, ten, where would you be? Like, if you didn't believe in ghosts, you believe in ghosts now. Yeah, Joel saw some shit, guys. You believe in ghosts now. Did it change you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that fort was crazy, man. Yeah, that was nuts. That was crazy. Off the shore of North Cumberland, you will spot a bright light in the water in the fall. It might even materialize into a sailing ship that appears to be on fire. This is the famous ghost ship of Northumberland Strait, which has been written about for over a hundred years. One of the most well-known stories of this supernatural event occurred when a group of sailors spotted the ship, but upon rowing towards it for a rescue effort, they saw it disappear into the fog. You want to hear a crazy one? True, actual story, actual accounts. Uh, it's like, I don't know, a 19th century England a ship, like a wood ship carrying salt in really heavy seas yeah. capsizes. Ugh. The salt dilutes into the water the ship becomes less buoyant <gasps> comes they humans saw the ship come out of the water and float away into the fog with full of dead people with no one on it no everyone abandoned because the ship was sinking <sighs> but the, it was carrying a load of salt and the salt obviously di yeah. diluting the water and the ship rose itself from that the is water. so spooky yeah. it's like the corpse of the of the boat yeah how weird is that dude this next one's called the spirit of an artist Tom Thompson was an unofficial member of the famous Canadian art collective known as the Group of Seven. I think we've all heard of the Group of Seven. In 1917, while canoeing in Algonquin... We actually learned about the Group of Seven when we were Sam and Colby. In the last place that we went in, in oh, Toronto, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, up in that room. We saw real art. Group of Seven paintings, which is 
Oh, can't say where, but it was cool. Secret location. In 1917, while canoeing in Algonquin, Thompson tragically drowned. Although no one knows exactly how this occurred, his body was found tangled in fishing wire. The artist was buried in a nearby Moat Cemetery on July 17th. Every year on the same day, his ghost can be reported spotted canoeing down by the river. You know, this summer I went kayak. Last summer I went kayaking in Algonquin with Carissa. Yeah. I love Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Adam and I went one time and I got tired and I tied my kayak to his kayak and then I played like I was dead. <laughs> Which lake did you go on? I don't know. We like went on one and then went up and there's like a really pretty waterfall. Oh yeah. For everyone who doesn't know, Algonquin Park's a provincial park where you can like go camping and it's huge and people come from all over the world for it. Oh, it's and, beautiful. And actually like Chris and I when we were there, like the sun was setting, we we're like pretty deep in the woods. We're standing on a mountaintop. You can hear wolves howling. Dude, that must have been s- scary you. Oh, you're on edge. You're on edge. Dude, and there's real bears there. Am I going to get eaten? And also, just common knowledge so everyone knows, on a campground, if you do see a bear, you set your car alarm off and then everyone else in the campground sets their car alarm off. And the oh. lights and horns are supposed to scare the bears away. So it's like a known camping It's thing. a known, yeah, but it's it's pretty back forest. Pretty Incredible cool, stars, by the way. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's called a dark sky quadrant. It's like a certain area. No lights are allowed shining up. All the lights have to be shining at the ground. I love that. So maximum stars. Dude. Yeah, beautiful stars. I want maximum stars in my life. <laughs> Next up, we have the Baldoon Mystery. This is yet another Canadian ghost story that is hundreds of years old, holding a special place in the nation's history. The Baldoon Settlement was formed in southern Ontario in the early 1800s and made up of Scottish immigrants. By the 1820s, many of the settlers had left, but the MacDonald family had remained. Over time, though, a number of mysterious events began to occur. This included a disturbing event in which a baby's crib began to rock violently back and forth while a child was in it. There was also unexplained fires, sounds of marching footsteps, and frequently broken windows. Creepy. This next one's called The Haunted Hospital. Wow, everyone loves that. Have you ever heard of a little ta- <laughs> Have you ever heard of a little town called Weyburn, Saskatchewan? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> well, it used to be home to one of the biggest mental health ho- mental health hospitals in Canada. After the 1960s, it was used as a nursing home. Then, in the late 1990s and early 2000s, it was used as the offices for health region employees. Ah. My mom worked there, so when I was little, I used to explore the empty halls. But you were never alone there. I swear, it was one of the most haunted places in Canada. Faucets would be left on, windows open and closed right in front of you. You could faintly hear tables being dragged across the floor. Ask anyone who lived in Weyburn and they probably have their own story. The building has since been torn down and new houses are built over top of the old site. Some people who own the new houses claim to hear tables being dragged across the floor, even though no one's home. There's a ghost. It seems like every old every old hospital is. Well, dude, you go to the hospital in horrible times, right? Well, it's just... I remember when I was in the hospital when I was 14, and I was going to like, <coughs> um, this girl had to come in, and like she had been through some shit, and she's just sitting there, and she's like, do you have any sleeping medication? And I was like, no, man, I'm 14. And she's like, oh, well, I came in here, and they made me drink charcoal, and now I've shit an entire chalkboard. And I was like, dude. 
Why do you have to drink charcoal? So if you're having an overdose, you drink charcoal and it... Like someone takes a bunch of pills, they fill you full of charcoal. Makes you come, come out the other end. I, you really need to continue your your sentence <laughs> there. Come, come out it the makes other you come. Out no, the other end. No, yes, it does. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Joel, you not see me pointing? <laughs> you, you, it makes you come. I'll go again. No, I'll go again. <laughs> this is not my story. <laughs> the nightmare. Get your mind nursery. out of the gutter. Joel, you're the one who just went. It makes you come. this is not my own story but one of an old roommate of mine that related to me her cousin lived in an old house in newmarket ontario (gasps) that's near us the layout of the house had the kitchen on the first level a second level with some bedrooms and a third level with a nursery and a master bedroom one day her cousin was in the kitchen washing some dishes while the baby slept upstairs suddenly she heard the baby crying over the baby monitor she dried her hands and climbed the two flights of stairs to the nursery As she got closer, she couldn't hear the baby's cries anymore. When she entered the room, the baby was sound asleep, with nothing in the room disturbed. The cousin went back downstairs and checked that the baby monitor was on the right setting, and once she determined it was fine. She went back to do the dishes. As soon as she turned on the tap, the wailing began on the baby monitor. She slowly began her way upstairs, and once more she found the sound had stopped the closer she got. She entered the room, and again the baby was fast asleep. She was starting to feel uneasy about the whole entire situation as she went back to the kitchen. Once she attempted to start the dishes, when the crying started for the third time, she went back up the stairs, but this time she went quickly, the feeling of a knees growing within her. As she reached the third floor landing and turned onto the banister so the nursery was in sight, she saw the door slam shut. Suddenly, her baby was crying for real this time, horrific-sounding wails and shrieks. She ran to the door, tried to get it open, but it appeared to be locked, even though there was no lock on the door. She slammed her shoulder into the door, trying to get it open, desperately calling out her infant's name. She backed away from the door with an intent to break it or kick it open. When she went to raise her foot, the door slowly creaked open on its own. She burst into the room, and the baby was in the corner of its crib, crying. The light fixture on the ceiling was spinning in circles. She grabbed her baby and ran downstairs and stayed there until her husband got home. What makes this story more disturbing to me is that ever since the day that happened, its baby, their baby sleeps with its eyes open. When she took him to the doctor to find out why, he suggests that some children develop this as a defense mechanism after experiencing a traumatic event. It leaves you wondering, what happened in that room? Ooh. That is a really disturbing story. You and read, like, you read that so well too. Like, whew. well, I even skipped. Like, I saw I was messing up a little bit, but I just went with it. But dude, that story is really oh, scary. Yeah. Like, when it involves babies, that's like a whole different level. <sighs> but like, I remember one time when I was babysitting, um, like they had baby monitors, and I heard like people talking, and I swore I was in the house. But then the people who were talking started to like, like do it. But isn't it a thing that sometimes baby monitors say if there's a baby monitor next door, can yes. pick up the You're on the same role? thing. That's what happened. She came home that night and I'm like, this happened. They were swearing and then they got freaky. And she was like, yeah, that's the neighbors. <laughs> I was like, oh Dude. my God, I just listened to your neighbors do it. <laughs> the girl wearing the fancy ass dress. It literally says fancy ass. It says fancy ass. When I was six, I randomly woke up in the middle of the night to see a little girl wearing a fancy ass dress holding a creepy ass doll. And of course, she was staring at me. Oh my God, this is scary. There was nobody in the house at the time who was younger than I was or owned fancy clothing like that at that age. I did the only logical thing. 
I hid the fuck under my blankets until I fell asleep again. The thing is, I still live in the same house, and sometimes objects will suddenly move or I'll see a figure, but for some reason, I feel like I shouldn't leave. (laughs) Dude, if you opened your eyes and there was a girl standing in your bedroom... What would you do? I'm attacking this son bitch. Are you sure you would? Or would you, you have you it seen what's in my room? I got weapons everywhere. You do. Joel has an <laughs> extensive collection of weapons. I feel like if somebody, I saw someone, I guess I kind of have, I just freak out and scream for Adam and slap. I go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. You keep getting all the long That's ones. Fine. <laughs> the Mysterious Museum. I work for the Royal BC Museum in Victoria. I'm a cleaner, and we clean floors completely alone at night, and each person gets one floor to do. Since I've started, I have heard and seen many weird things. On my first day, I was cleaning the glass early in the morning on the third floor in the first people's galleries. I heard whispers, footsteps, and snapping sounds, all sorts of weird stuff, and I assumed it was the guards doing their morning rounds. I called down to them and asked if someone was upstairs, to which they said, No, but someone will be up there in the next hour or so. I thought it was weird, and I went to leave. Walking down the stairs, I heard someone running down them behind me. I booked it. I've never ran so fast in my whole life. I wanted to prove that I was a good worker, so I ran through the galleries on the third, and I tried to clean the glass. I felt an awful feeling like someone was watching me. Just the other week, I was up on the third at night with a backpack on. You can't hear anything over it. And I got to the totem gallery, and then I felt sick. I cleaned it as fast as I could and left. A few shadows moving here and there in the corner of my eyes. It was a usual thing up there. I ignored it. I got into Century Hall and started mopping when I heard two women laughing and whispering. I called out, Hello, anyone there? And there was nothing. I couldn't see anyone, and the laughing stopped. I called security to ask if they had workers in. They said I was alone with that floor. If you ever do visit, you will hear many things. We've heard a little girl giggling. We've had reports of seeing a man's face above the blacksmith display. Shadows moving in the hotel in the old town. One of my co-workers said he saw a man in a doctor's uniform, which we believe was Dr. Helkman. Art art places are always creepy places too. Yeah, museums. So they got artifacts and stuff that like you never really think of. Things could cling on to. The par- the paranormal piano. My mom recently bought a hundred and fifty year old piano because it was super cheap. One day, my sister and I got home from school and went downstairs to watch TV. Meanwhile, my mom was doing yard work. She suddenly started yelling at us to get upstairs. Now! She sounded mad. We went to see what was wrong and saw the piano had been pushed out about two feet from the wall. Dude. She thought we did it. Mind you, the piano is about a thousand pounds and we would have trouble moving it ourselves. We assured her we didn't move it and we should have had we should have heard it move across the floor, but we heard nothing. Now there's a huge scratch and a dent in our floor and sometimes random notes play too. Dude, pianos are creepy. Do you remember when mom bought that giant organ that had mice in it? Oh yeah. And that one night after we got it, it was like two days, we had like and it was because there was a mouse in the organ. It, I've moved, I've helped people move pianos like three or four times in my life. And man, it's. Dude. You can't give them away because no one wants to move well, them. A lot of the time you buy houses and there's like a piano in it. Or you it, go into a abandoned house and there's a piano. Yeah, and it comes with it. Mm. Yeah. Anyways. The familiar voice. My great grandmother passed away in 2006. 
and after her funeral my whole family was at her house chatting and doing what people do after funerals. I suddenly heard a door creak, and then I heard my great-mother's voice, great-grandmother's voice say, Does anybody want a cup of tea? That is what she always used to say. I looked up at my mom, aunt, and grandmother. We were all looking at each other, because they heard it as well. Dude, that's spooky. Just like... Tea. Residual. Dude. <clears throat> the Window Wanderer. I lived in a bungalow growing up, so my bedroom was on the ground level. I used to sleep with my curtains open all the time. And one night, when I was four, I woke up and saw a man staring straight into my bedroom. I freaked out and ran into my parents' room, screaming. They thought it might be a homeless man who sometimes walks around the neighborhood, but after checking, no one was found near the house. My mom then asked me to describe the man, and I did, in perfect detail. My mom went and dug through some old photos and pulled out a photo of her grandfather who passed away when she was just a kid. She asked me, is this the man that was looking at you? And I lost my shit. I started crying and screaming. Yes, that's the man. Oh my God. <clears throat> I've done that a lot. Um, I don't know if I've really had part. Yeah, I've talked about this. I used to go to homes and I, I did this thing called home reading. So I would go through a house and I go into like this weird kind of state of mind and I'll have someone with like notes and they'll write down everything that I say and I'll perfectly describe somebody. Okay, I remember I was at this one house and I was like, yeah, it's a man. He's like heavy set. He's really tall. He's wearing overalls, but like, like jean overalls with nothing else, nothing else. And I like watched him walk out to this garage and I'm like, I think he died in this garage. The man who was looked as old as the guy I was talking about just starts crying and I'm like, what the heck? And he's like, that's my daddy. And I'm like, what? And he pulls out a picture of his dad in the same overalls who died in that garage. Ugh. Yeah. And that's what he was wearing when he died, which blew my mind. So, Ugh. you know, it's crazy. I've literally spent my life like doing all this paranormal stuff. It still blows my mind. It hasn't changed me. It still it blows my mind every time because you can't. It happened. But rationalizing it is so hard. Always freaks me out. But guys, here is the last story of the night. And we have the woman in black. I lead ghostly gas town tours in Vancouver, a ghost tour where we walk around historic gas town, gas town, gas town, and tell local stories and history. The great, though occasionally terrifying thing about the tour is that it's super casual and we don't have any jump scares or anything set up to freak you out. This can be really creepy as a guide, as many experiences that happen on the tour are usually the real deal, and trust me, there's been a bunch. But there's one spot we go that is particularly freaky. There is this side alley that we go down that leads to a bigger alley, and it is haunted by the woman in black. Without spoiling the story, I'll just say a woman in a long, old black dress appears at the end of the alley and floats through the gate at the other side, clutching at her belly. Again, not spoiling, but the clutching of the belly is believed to be very important to her tale. Now here's that creepy part. During about, th during about a third of the tours I do, as soon as we turn down the alley, one of the women in the group grabs her stomach and starts feeling nauseous. I've even had people have to sit down. This is before I've told any bit of the story. I've also seen a black shadow, like the hem of a skirt, float around the corner just as we're heading that way. And it has always gone by the time our tour flies in boom women in black will always be a scary thing just mm -hmm. like the movie the woman in black with a big creepy black dress and with morning. harry potter 
Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. Good movie. Yeah. Well, guys, I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed our ghost stories tonight. Joel and I love jumping in. I'm sorry that we didn't get the house. Today has been a rough day on a lot of us. It's been busy and rough, but it is always nice to sit down, connect with you guys. And don't forget, if you're listening to this, the number one thing you can do to help us is rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also, let us know if you liked how this one was laid out. Sort of a couple big stories and then followed up with a bunch of little ones. And do you guys like stories? Do you want to do more questions do you have ideas for the podcast please head over to the hauntedestate.com shoot in a submission form i'm always grazing through those emails i'm looking for your stories i'm looking for your suggestions on what you guys think that we should do but guys don't forget no matter what is going on in the world no matter what is going on in your life things can change overnight they did for me please never make a permanent decision on temporary feelings i love you more than anything in the whole world and you're what keep us strong i love you boo crew stay spooky Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.